Greetings, everyone, and welcome back to the Preacher's Corner. I'm Pastor Jay, and today we're going to be diving into Proverbs chapter number 8. We're going to cover the whole chapter together in, in this session, and it's just beautiful to read. But it's referring to wisdom, and it's it's giving a personification to wisdom as though it would be the Word of God. And this is very important because we know that in the beginning was the Word. And we're going to see the connection of that here in Proverbs chapter number 8. And that the Word was with God, and that the Word was God. We'll also discover that the Word became flesh, and we'll meet the only begotten Son of God, full of grace and truth. Uh, beautiful, beautiful connection to John chapter number 1, from verses 1 to 4, and then down to verse number 14. And also the connection to 1 John chapter number 5, beginning verse number 7, if so be that you have uh, a particular translation that actually has that whole verse in it, uh, which would say that there are three that agree, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost, and those three are one. So very important connections that are being made in the Word of God today. And just, again, a beautiful chapter to simply read through. So that's what we're going to do. And But beforehand, let's turn to the Lord in prayer. Father, we are grateful for everything that you have done. We thank you for everything you're going to do. We thank you for the day that we're able to celebrate your wisdom. We pray, Lord, that our hearts be filled by your presence, by your word. And, Lord, that it change the way that we live, it changes the way we think, it changes the way we speak and operate, and all these things, Lord, that our lives may be wholly surrendered unto Thee, in the blessed name of Jesus. What a thrill. Amen. All right, guys, let's take a gander through the Scripture here as we read and, and discover just, man, just mighty things the Lord has prepared for us in His wisdom. Proverbs chapter number 8, verse number 1. Does not wisdom cry out and understanding lift up her voice? She takes her stand on the top of the high hill beside the way where the paths meet. She cries out by the gates at the entry of the city and the entrance of the door. To you, O men, I call, and all my voice is to the sons of men. O oh, you simple ones, understand prudence, and you fools, be of an understanding heart. Listen, for I will speak of excellent things, and from the opening of my lips will come right things. For my mouth will speak truth, wickedness is an abomination to my lips. All the words of my mouth are with righteousness, nothing crooked or perverse is in them. They all are plain to him who understands and right to those who find knowledge. Receive my instruction and not silver, and knowledge rather than choice gold. For wisdom is better than rubies, and all the things that one may desire cannot be compared with her. <clears throat> I, wisdom, dwell with prudence and find out knowledge and discretion. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil. Pride and arrogance and the evil way and the perverse mouth I hate. Counsel is mine and sound wisdom. I am understanding. I have strength. By me kings reign and rulers decree justice. By me 
princes rule and nobles, all the judges of the earth. I love those who love me, and those who seek me diligently will find me. Riches and honor are with me, enduring riches and righteousness. My fruit is better than gold, yes, than fine gold, and my revenue than choice silver. I traverse the way of righteousness in the midst of the paths of justice, that I may cause those who love me to inherit wealth, that I may fill their treasures. The Lord possessed me at the beginning of his way before his works of old. I have been established from everlasting, from the beginning, before there was ever an earth. When there were no depths, I was brought forth, and when there were no fountains abounding with water. Before the mountains were settled, before the hills, I was brought forth. While as yet he had not made the earth or the fields or the primal dust of the world. When he prepared the heavens, I was there. When he drew a circle on the face of the deep. When he established clouds above and when he strengthened the fountains of the deep. When he assigned to the sea its limit so that the waters would not transgress his command when he marked out the foundations of the earth. Then I was beside him as a master craftsman, and I I was daily his delight, rejoicing always before him. Rejoicing in his inhabited world, and my delight was with the sons of men. Now therefore listen to me, my children, for blessed are those who keep my ways. Hear instruction and be wise, and do not disdain it. Blessed is the man who listens to me, watching daily at my gates, waiting at the post of my doors. For whoever finds me finds life and obtains favor from the Lord. But he who sins against me wrongs his own soul. Now all those who hate me love death. In this particular personification of wisdom, we find a striking resemblance to our Lord Jesus Christ. And, and the, especially when we get down towards the end of this chapter, where we see that those who hate me love death. Now, understanding that those who would reject the word of God certainly are going to be going in the way of death, for the only way by which we can know the truth of salvation is from the word of God. As the scripture says in Romans chapter number 10 and verse number 17, that faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So that we understand that until we receive the the things written in the word of God, we'll never truly receive God. And so that we understand that that is necessary for us to actually love the Bible Uh, in order to love God. It's kind of the situation that you would find that you have to get to know somebody before you can truly love them, before you can truly understand them and know them. And when we come to understand someone, when we come to truly know them, we come to desire them. Now, that desire may be a little bit different for, for different people, um, the desire that I have for my wife is entirely different than the, the desire that I have for my children or the desire that I have for church members or the desire that I have for, for more intimate friends than I may have. Certainly, the, desire, the desires are different between those different types of people, but nevertheless, 
because you've come to know them, because you've come to understand them, because you've come to an, an intimate fellowship with them by learning of them, by listening to them, by studying them, by, by, by being there, you just you build this bond with them and it's very strong and powerful like like what he would say as concerning the strength of the deep it's it's that that crushing weight of power that that is given unto those connections that you have and it's only possible as you make yourself known as you make yourself available to them well needless to say god in his infinite wisdom made himself available to his creation of man he he brought himself to earth not only in the presence of his only begotten son in yeshua but he also came to us through the through his written word he came to us speaking he came to us teaching he came to us revealing himself in many ways so that we could have that passion that desire that connection of knowledge to him some of the neat things that i draw from this position is is what happens at the very beginning here in verse number one he says does not wisdom cry out and understanding lift up her voice and and that's a question to think about in the moment does does wisdom cry out certainly it does when a parent comes running before a child gets into something they shouldn't be getting into and starts fussing at them and, and, and barking because it, the potential dangers that child had no idea that they were about to get into, but certainly that, that it was going to become real to them r- real quick, uh, the wisdom cried out. Uh, when when you have that that scenario where somebody is getting off on the wrong path, maybe they've taken on some some not so safe friends, or maybe they're starting to follow within a a, a crowd. You know, you got a teenager now, not not a little kid who's going to stick his fingers in a light socket, but now you got a teenager who's getting involved with some rather unsavory uh, people, say at school or even at church. <laughs> believe me it it happens right underneath your noses right there at church too uh, and and those young people start trying to draw your daughter or your son into a path of corruption and you begin to you begin to sense that you begin to see these guys sneaking around and slinking around and you know the symptoms because you were those kids at one point of time and so that you would you begin to cry out to your own children you you begin to lift up your voice because you understand what is trying to to happen you understand what's about to transpire and you know that your child doesn't have a clue and how could they they've never been in this situation before they are uh, for lack of a better term naive but you you are well aware of the situation and so you cry out and you become that wisdom you become that understanding in like manner the word of god constantly cries out to us the word of god constantly seeks to lift up the voice of understanding in our heart and before us 
And this is what the Holy Spirit that lives inside of the believer is going to use in order to cause you to be able to see rightly, in order to cause you to be able to hear correctly. So it's necessary for the believer to be a student of the Word of God because elsewise, what's the Holy Spirit going to use to... bring back to your remembrance. Do you recall that that at the I believe it was happening in the book of Luke as well as was the book of Matthew that it would say in the scriptures that that the disciples remembered what the Lord had said about a certain thing and and then it it really kicked into them what they needed to do. At his crucifixion, it says the disciples remembered that he referred to his crucifixion. At the resurrection, his disciple, the, the word of God said the disciples remembered that he said on the third day I'm going to rise. I mean, all of these different things that they learned, but that wasn't wisdom to them yet. It, if they didn't understand what they, they knew yet until something happened in their life. And then they went, oh, that's what he meant by this. And he go, oh, that's what that means. Well, we'll never have those experiences if we're not students of the Word of God because that's, that's when we start ingesting or pulling in the wisdom of God, the truth of God, the, the very essence of God, this connection so that when things happen in our life, we, we turn around and go, oh, that's what he was meaning by this particular scripture that I never understood until just this very day. There's that connection. And so wisdom indeed cries out. Understanding does lift up her voice. Uh, he says in verse 2, she takes her stand on the tops of the high hill by the, beside the way where the paths meet. And we always refer that to the crossroads. We, we, we draw these different uh, flannel graphs or we draw these different illustrations to be able to say, you know, about sin in our life or we'd be able to say about salvation that, that there's this, this road that we're on and it comes to a Y in the road. And the, the good choice is the God, the God way, and then the bad choice is the broad way. We're going to separate from God, and, and there's this why in the road. Well, this is where he would say in Proverbs 8, she takes her stand on the top of the high hill beside the way where the paths meet. So wisdom is going to be standing up high on on the side of the road where these paths are going to meet because wisdom understands that you've got a choice that you've got to make. Now, you're either going to look up, right? She, she takes her stand on top of the high hill. So you're either going to look up to wisdom to receive guidance to go in the right path or you're going to, you're going to look down, and try to discover this path all on your own by your own reasoning. Now, any of us that have looked down often can know that that the choices that we made immediately in the forefront might have seemed like a good choice, but that we've gone through some rocky roads and some struggles. For instance, yesterday I was doing a spit of running 
And I decided that I was going to wear a very, very thin-soled shoe because I want to, to run as close to barefoot as I can without getting mangled on the bottom of my feet by rocks because I haven't built up the fatty padding under my feet yet. Well, this very thin sole might not have been the, the best choice for me yesterday as, as I had a very difficult time traversing the, the rocky gravel road that I was running upon. And, and often I would be um, stabbed, <laughs> for like a better term, by, by protruding rocks and things of that nature. And, and was a very uncomfortable run. Nevertheless, I was still able to do so, and no damage being done, but very, very uncomfortable. And so that had I looked up, wisdom would have said to me, your feet aren't quite ready for this thin of a soul to go running on that type of gravel. Be smart and put on something with a little thicker rubber. Okay, I didn't listen to wisdom, <laughs> and I paid a price. Now, it wasn't a painful price per se, that, that a lasting pain, but it was a price nevertheless, and there were many difficulties in the way, and, and, and it was all because of a choice that would be made. I didn't listen to wisdom. And this is important because though that come at the expense of a little bit of pain and a great deal of discomfort trying to traverse a gravel road with, with just a f piece of flimsy rubber underneath your feet in order to be able to keep you from actually getting your skin broken by, the, by a jagged rock, nevertheless, you, you are not ready for that. And so... It's different, certainly, to the eternal soul, but the principles are still the same. Oftentimes, we think we've got this life under control. Oftentimes, we think we've got things by the horns, so to speak, and, and that we're okay, generally, so we're just going to keep going in the path that we're going because we think it's a good path. We think it's okay. And though it's it's had its uh, certainly its its prodding moments, though it has its pricks and its its bumps, and and though it is a difficult way, still because it's the way we're going, we're just going to keep on treading through. We're going to persevere. Now, some of these traits are actually really good traits, like perseverance is a really good trait uh, that we would find as concerning the things of God. But it's when we persevere in, in the paths of, of wickedness, it's when we persevere in the paths of unrighteousness against his name's sake that we find ourselves in the most difficult and perilous of situations because most of the paths that we may follow that are not walking with God aren't paths that are necessarily going to immediately destroy us. Like we would think, if I'm not walking with God, then I'm in danger constantly of immediate destruction. Not the case at all. But the road isn't going to be paved. The road is going to be rocky, and you're going to be traversing with very thin shoes, and it's going to be a very difficult way, and it's going to 
you're going to be moving much slower than you would have normally been able to move had you had the comfort of being able to accomplish gliding across the tops of those rocks without pain. So, needless to say, wisdom can remove a great deal of pain and a great deal of trouble. Wisdom can can make the path, no matter if it's rocky or paved or anything else or sand, it doesn't matter. Wisdom can make the path much smoother underneath your feet, for wisdom can guide you if you're willing to listen. And that's, a, that's as plain a teaching as you can get right there. It says, she cries out by the gates at the entry of the city, at the entrance of the doors. In verse number three, this is the place where judges gather. It used to be, as you would look through the book of Judges, or you would look at uh, the position of Lot in, in Sodom and Gomorrah back in Genesis even, that you would find that he was considered a hymen or a judge, and they would position themselves at the gates of their cities as they would be watching those who would be entering their cities as to judge them, uh, a productive person, rather, rather of their society or of another society coming to visit their city, that they would be vigilant and, and careful to observe all the people that would be coming in and out to ensure that there would be safety to their city. But also when there is a grievance that would be had between two parties within the, the gates of the city, they would come to those gates for the judge or for the elders of the city to be able to mete out justice for them. And that's exactly where wisdom should be found, out by the gates at the entry of the city, because this is the place where judgment takes takes hold. This is the place where the elders are calling out truth, or they should be. Let me say it that way. I'm pretty sure it didn't always work out that way, but it should be. It says, uh, verse 4, To you, O men, I call, and my voice is to the sons of men. Oh, you simple ones, understand prudence, and you fools, be of an understanding heart. I will speak of excellent things, and come from the opening of my lips will come right things. So from the opening of their lips, the right things will come. And needless to say, if you would consider the the covers like like of your Bible here, let me get my Bible. This is my favorite one because this one, this one it has my name on it. You can see there. <laughs> and so you know this one belongs to me. But uh, you, you'll note the fact that it says, and from the opening of my lips will come right things. And needless to say, when you look at a Bible like this, you consider the, the two covers of it, this cover right here and this cover right here. You consider those two covers. When you open those covers and the Word of God becomes open before you, that is the opening of the lips of the Word of God, so that th this may now be able to speak to us, as he said, verse number 7, from my mouth will speak truth. Wickedness is an abomination in my lips. So know that, that excellent things are going to come when you open the Word of God. So verses 6 and 7 of Proverbs is, is, is really just simply telling you, you need to get into the Word of God if you want to receive of the excellent things that God has prepared for you. He said, if you listen, in other words, if you, if you listen, 
right? When we read something, it's not that there's a voice speaking, but the voice is written in the words on the page of the letter that we're reading. So when we actually listen with our eyes, no way. And, and we actually, that, that's a beautiful truth. We, we listen with our eyes and our ears begin to see what is being written. And that is so vital for us to understand because oftentimes we think that we are seeing with our eyes and hearing with our ears. But that's not the case when we're actually reading a document. That's not the case when we're opening the Word of God and we're reading from the truths that are written in, in the Bible. When we open the Word of God, we begin to hear what God has to say from our eyes. We're drawing the words of God off the page and into our heart. So we're actually listening to God with our eyes and then we begin to see God with our ears. As he paints the picture and as we begin to read and we go, Oh Lord, how beautiful, how majestic are your ways. Our ears catch that. It might be coming out of our mouth, but our ears catch that and they see this beautiful picture of the majesty of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. But it wouldn't be possible to have that sight without our eyes listening to those things which are written in the Word of God. And thus he says in verses 6 and 7, I will speak of excellent things, and from the opening of my lips will come right things, for my mouth will speak truth. Hallelujah for that. He says, all the words of my mouth are with righteousness. There's nothing crooked or perverse in them, which is why we trust the Word of God. In every other volume that be written by men, perverseness or crookedness or abomination certainly is going to be within the text. But from the Word of God, we find that which is only pure, that which is only true, that which is only righteous, and what joy it is in, in, in gathering together before the Almighty God revealed through text of scripture it's very powerful he says they are all plain to him who understands and that i really love that point verse number nine that the word of god he says uh, back up the apostle paul says over in first corinthians chapter two remember we studied that one he said the natural man cannot perceive the things of god neither can he know them for they're spiritually discerned and so it's very important for the child of god the things that god has written in his word are very plain they're very plain and they're very right <laughs> and 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 it, these things that be of god are things that are extremely simple and oftentimes we, we miss the the truth and teachings of god's word because we're looking for something complicated we're looking for something that's complex, something that's hard to understand, and we're trying our dead-level best to try and, and make more of what is there than what really is there because the things of God are plain. The things of God actually are quite simple in those things that He reveals to us. Now, in the things that have not been made known, you're never going to understand them. You're never going to be able to grasp it because the things of God indeed are too infinite for us to even possibly perceive. But 
God has much that he desires for you to know and for I to know, and so he makes his instruction very plain. He makes his his instruction understandable, and, and to those who would receive it and find knowledge, they discover how true and right his word is. And so he goes down to say, receive my instruction and not silver, and knowledge rather than choice gold. I say, well, well, so the instruction of God is great, and the knowledge of God is wonderful, but I also could use a little bit of silver now. <laughs> I, I could use a little bit of gold. And the point that he's making here is concerning his instruction. He said, wisdom is better than rubies, and all the things one may desire cannot be compared with her. He, he's talking not about your needs, at this point as concerning a certain portion of wealth to be able to pay the bills or to be able to buy the house or to be able to take care of your family or to be able to put food on the table, those sorts of things. That's not what he's referring to at all. He's referring to the the challenge that exists in the hearts of most of mankind and that his his heart would be so focused, driven on making money that he would then in turn reject the time that would be needed to be given to to study God's word, so that we we tend to be a people who invest more of our life in those things of the world that we're doing than we would invest in our studies of the word of God. We tend to be a people who are more invested in in those things, like I say, of the world. We're invested in our workplace. We're invested in making more money. We're invested in our vacations, invested in our sports leagues, invested in all of these things which take away from time to invest in, in the things of God, God's kingdom, God's word, God's house, God's work, missions, those things. So we we find ourselves at a at a at a pathway. Remember where wisdom sits high on the hill, as to if we we are going to accept the wisdom of God and turn into the paths of His righteousness, kind of like what Jesus was teaching the disciples in Matthew chapter number six. When you got to verse number 33, and, and we sing this song also is written in the scriptures, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all these things shall be added unto you. So we find that, that when we begin to seek the Lord, seek his work, seek his will and his way and his paths of righteousness, then it will make us better servants at work. It will make us more trustworthy people to be around, more loving people to be around, and people that are not going to be telling you exactly what you want to hear are lying to you in order to gain advancement, which is going to make you even more worth having than what you were before. But we often meet that pathway not by looking up to God's wisdom and instruction, but by considering with our own reasoning what is going to make more for us, what is going to better our situation or, or advance us in this course of life we're currently in. And oftentimes it isn't going to be the direction of God that we go, but will be the direction of self that we, uh, that we achieve. 
and that will only be the rocky road without the shoes on scenario. And some people out here saying, well, I don't have any problem running around on rocks. I've, I've got the padding on my feet. But still within those rocks, you will find the occasional piece of broken glass. You'll find the occasional piece of, of discarded trash that, that can very dangerously slice into the foot if one is not paying attention to the path that is laid out before them. And so it is it is vital for us to understand that indeed if we would receive God's instruction and we would trust in God's knowledge that that we would have a a, a much better path before us a, a path of safety and of security a path of of goodness I mean just goodness the goodness of God and say, well, how come every time I choose God and the path that I believe God is on, bad things happen? <laughs> it's because God didn't promise you a bed of roses. He, he knew that the, the path in this life, he knew this life was going to be complicated to begin with. He knew that it was going to be a struggle because sin entered into the world and death by sin. And so death is passed upon all men. And Romans 5.12 tells you that. And, and God understands the challenges that we face, but he also provides a great deal of wisdom as to how to meet those challenges with grace and with mercy, how to meet those challenges in truth and in his righteousness and be able to overcome the challenges by the will and power of God that is existent within us if we would listen to him. He says in verse number 13, the fear of the Lord is to hate evil. Uh, you got to recognize evil for what it is before you can hate it. Just like when we when we think that we know somebody. I mean, when you're a little kid and you think you know somebody, and thus you you just you're certain they're the ones that did you wrong. You're certain they're the ones that took your toy. That you just you just know that they were the criminal. You just know it. And the words that come out of your mouth is, "I hate you." And, and that is exactly in, in its simplistic form because you had really no idea if you were right or wrong. You're just certain of it. You decided that that was the case. And so you're just going to tell this person, I don't like you anymore, but I don't like you anymore is a whole lot of words that could be simply summed up in the, in the three-word phrase, I hate you. <laughs> I love listening to children talk, and I love the way that children interact because they're not so complicated as adults, where, where adults would be like, you know, you're just not in my good graces right now. I'm not sure I have that much favor for you right now. You probably want to just walk away from me because I'm, I'm just not feeling that, that we need to be together at the moment. All of that phrase could be simply condensed down into a child's statement because the child's statement is what's actually true happening inside of your heart. I hate you. <laughs> That'd be that simple. And he says the fear of the Lord is to hate evil. Could you imagine if, if we would think about the things that we're doing right now? It's kind of a question I ask people every now and then. Have you ever thought about what you're thinking about at this moment? And we would discover that if there would be evil in our thinking that would be happening in this moment, in other words, the thoughts that are running through our head are certainly not thoughts that God put there. 
certainly not thoughts that that would be generated of of the holiness of God, but thoughts that are pretty much our own. Those things which which we know we ought not to be thinking happening right now, that we would see them as evil, and that we would hate them, so that we would call them out, just like a little child being upset with a friend that, that just doesn't want to be around them at the moment. They say, "I hate you." The same thing can be done inside of our heart if we come across those thoughts which are drawing us away from from the, the presence and the person and the power of God. And we could just look at those thoughts and say, I hate you, and remove those things from us. He said, pride and arrogance in verse 13, the evil way, the perverse mouth. He said, I hate. It's so vital for us to understand our relationship and our connection with the word of God. It's so vital. And a couple of things I really enjoyed also with this and what I said at the very beginning is as concerning the connection of this wisdom, even though it's it's revealed to us as as a female in its in its personification, it's also revealed to us at the end of this chapter, about verse number eight, or verse number eight, chapter number eight, verse number twenty-two. It shows us a a strong connection to the Lord Jesus Christ so that you would see uh, the Lord possessed me at the beginning of his way before his works of old. I have been established from everlasting. Now, understand that Jesus was not established. Jesus was. But the wisdom of God displayed has been established at this point from the beginning, before there was ever an earth. Well, this was goes on to reveal to you. Somebody said, well, how do you know that God was there before the creation was there? How, do you, how can you prove that God existed before all things were brought into existence? Right here, you find that wisdom reveals that. He says, the Lord possessed me at the beginning of his way, before his works of old. I have been established from everlasting, from the beginning, before... There was ever an earth. Uh, Before day one, wisdom cried out. When there were no depths, I was brought forth. Uh, That would be day two, by the way, or even day one in the the depths of the sea. You would find in day one that the Holy Spirit moved upon the face of the deep. Well, there you go. Uh, there were no depths, I was brought forth, when there was no fountains abounding with water. Before the mountains were settled, of course, now we're dealing with uh, day number two, with the, with the earth being brought out from the water. Uh, before the mountains were settled, before the hills, I was brought forth. While as yet he had not made the earth or the fields or the primal dust of the world, before day one. Uh, when he prepared the heavens, I was there. Now we're getting into day number three. Uh, when he drew a circle on the face of the deep, that's pretty exciting. So you would find that that people understood all the way back in Solomon's day that the earth was round. <laughs> Did you catch that? When he drew a circle on the face of the deep, that the earth is round, that it, that it is not a flat earth earth is round (laughs) 
uh, when he established the clouds above, when he strengthened the fountains of the deep, when he assigned to the sea its limits so that the waters would not transgress his command, when he marked out the foundations of the earth, pretty exciting place because oceans don't swallow us today. Then I was beside him as a master craftsman, and I was daily his delight, rejoicing always before him. That is so cool. My time is up, though. I'll be heading to to Proverbs chapter number 9 next week. Some powerful stuff here in Proverbs 8. Keep reading it over and over again. Remember that wisdom is desirous to be within you so that it can help guide you and, and teach you in your way, the way of God. Father, we thank you, asking thy blessing upon us this day that we receive of your wisdom and these things we have been able to share together in the blessed name of Jesus. Amen. God bless you guys, keep you guys, and cause his face to shine upon you, and I shall see you tomorrow for the beginning of 1 Corinthians chapter number... Six, we're going to get down to the middle of that, about verse number 11, because it's some good stuff that's about to happen there. So, see you then.